Ladies and, well, ladies. We're talking business. Ladies' business. No, not that ladies' business. Ladies in business. Especially tradie business. Whether you're a CEO, self-employed, working for someone or supporting someone else in theirs, this is a podcast about ladies in tradie businesses. Join your host, Nick Cox, one half of Tradies in Business and the Tradiepreneur Program, as she interviews inspirational, everyday, motivational and extraordinary women from all industries and walks of life about what it takes to be a truly successful, modern lady in business. Hey, Sophie. Hi, Nicole. (laughs) This is fun. (laughs) I think we should spend this entire episode dishing the dirt on Warwick. That's a good plan. <laughs> For those ladies that don't know or haven't made the connection yet, I, I have a wonderful business partner, Warwick Bidwell, who works with me in tradies and business. And we are joined today by somebody that makes my life incredibly easy, somebody I couldn't live without, somebody that constantly referees discussions and arguments between Warwick and I, somebody who holds our clients' hands whenever they need a little bit of help, and somebody that just generally keeps our business running the way that it needs to run. Sophie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. That's a pretty good wrap right there. <laughs> Considering we had your, your review this week, I'm hoping it didn't come as a surprise. I feel like you're the mum we were looking for when we were looking for somebody to take this role. I do have to um, tell the kids to play nice every now and then. <laughs> More often than I would like to admit. <laughs> we try to keep the robust discussions away from you, though. I appreciate that. <laughs> Sophie's also a tradies wife, though, um, which was one of the attractive parts of her application was knowing that she had that inside knowledge into the trades and understanding how challenging it can be at times. However, that's not really what we're going to be talking about today. Today, we thought that we'd actually take a really different approach And I guess for all of our listeners, the broader audience, we were thinking that it'd be really interesting to understand what goes into supporting a business owner. So your role in our businesses is is as our business coordinator and you work really hard to coordinate everything you possibly can, juggle all of the balls and us. And I think it's a great insight for other business owners to understand A, how they can be supported because often we find that really challenging and B, I guess what kind of things that we put in your way to stop that from happening well and maybe you could use this as an awesome opportunity to tell everybody all of the things that you want to do to grow and learn within your role so that we are obliged to give you everything that you would like, Sophie. It'll be on public record. (laughs) I can't escape it. I, I literally got a text today. From our lovely landscapers, Paul. Paul, if you're listening, hello. Um, who was telling me he's just listening to the back catalogue to the last time he listened to the back catalogue of the TIB uh, podcast and he's keeping me accountable to a couple of the things I said. So I can't get away from this. If you say it, it just has to happen. I'll just replay it over and over. <laughs> <laughs> Warwick really should have joined us today. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about you. I know many of our clients would love to hear a bit more about who you are and how you came to be working with Tradies and Business. Yeah, sure. Um, So as you know, my name is Sophie and I'm currently based in a little country town called Cowra in New South Wales. Uh, My husband and I and our son moved back here from New Zealand about eight months ago. Um, My husband's Kiwi, so 
I've been living in New Zealand for about uh, eight years uh, and we had our first baby in September last year. So we were locked down with COVID and once the borders opened, we jumped on a plane and came back to Australia so he could meet all his Aussie family. It's lovely. Did you, are there big differences between the two countries? I'm, I'm a massive Kiwi fan, as you know, I love the country. Mm-hmm. Have you found in living and working, maybe even in your husband's role, are there big differences between the two countries? Not huge differences. Um, on a whole, though, I do feel like people in New Zealand are a lot more friendly, a lot more welcoming, um, just, you know, just in shops and restaurants and things. Um but in terms of working, the the wage is a lot better over here. The mm. opportunity, there's more opportunities here in Australia, um, hence a big, big reason why we came back as well. Absolutely. And I guess there would have been quite some challenges moving across the ditch during a pandemic, much less than trying to secure work and navigating through some of those challenges. Was that a particularly stressful time? We, we kind of just took it as a we'll go, we'll see what happens, we'll stay at least until Christmas, see what the world's doing. Um, we kind of just packed up for, just packed suitcases and left all our stuff behind. Um, so then we, when we arrived, I was still in, you know, still happy looking after Lenny, who was only six months at the time when we came over, um, and Mark picked up some just casual building work and some farm work. Um, and then I got to the point where I was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm ready to work. Oh, we also moved back in with my parents, which um, which made it easier yes. um, to get settled quickly. That's an interesting point you bring up because I think nine out of ten of the uh, guests that we've had on so far are also mothers. And it's – I, you know, my kids are so much older than yours – being all adults now or very close to, it's hard for me to remember and not as hard as I might like it to be to remember how challenging it was to go back to work. I needed to for myself to be Nicole again, not just mum, and I found it super challenging to leave them behind every day. What was the thought pattern, I guess, around knowing that you were ready to go back to work? Um, To be honest, I was getting bored. Um, It's being a mum, it's it's so rewarding in that you get to see this little person develop and grow. Um, but it's, yeah, doing that all day, every day, um, it can be quite boring and a little bit challenging in itself. So I started looking around for some work that would suit my new lifestyle as a mum, would suit um, where we lived, which is, you know, it's quite remote here. Um, it's a small town. So I started looking around for some work that I could do from home um, that would suit my skills. I, that's an, another great point. It's like I've given you a script and you're leading me from one point to another. This is fantastic. This is how well you know me and coordinate <laughs> my life. You're even helping me coordinate the podcast. As well. <laughs> um, understanding, I guess, the challenge of working from home. So I've worked from home for, oh, I think it must be coming up to 11 years now. Um, my position, my um, position within the businesses that we've owned has always been a from home role because we had five kids to take care of. Um, I actually really quite liked it. I never found it challenging. We were always lucky to have dedicated office spaces, etc., to make it work. 
My kids were at school, so I also found it quite easy to at least work school hours. I may then have to go back in the office at night for an hour or two once my husband was home. But for the most part, I found that to be quite a simple transition. And yet I know that many others haven't found that easy with the whole COVID change. Working from home, setting boundaries around your time, um, ensuring productivity, which you nail and I know that others struggle with. How did you find that transition? And then what were the key areas in which you thought you might struggle and how did you push through that then? I think it was actually the perfect way to ease back into the working world. Um, Being working from home, I also had mum looking after Lenny at home. So I was lucky enough that I could still spend time with him during the day. I negotiated with you guys before I started kind of to be able to take that longer lunch break so I could spend time with him in the middle of the day. Um, And it's just also been really nice knowing that I can just help mum duck out and help mum whenever she needed me to. Um, In saying that, it it does have its challenges. You know, you can be really focused on a task and then all of a sudden, oh, it's time to break for lunch, um, mm. catch up with Lenny. But I think the longer you're in a, in the role, the more you get used to it, um, the more you get to know your employees, um, it does just start to get a natural flow. Um, and it's just obviously neither one kind of can take precedence during the day. Mm-hmm. Um so you just you just juggle, but that's what mums do. Mm, oh, that's so true. No matter how old your child is, you just it's always a juggle. Yep, I totally agree. I, I'm interested. Um, one of the key areas we found with previous team members where they really struggled was the lack of social um I guess time with us and our members and the rest of our team. Whereas normally if you worked in an office, you'd all go out for drinks occasionally or you'd have the opportunity to catch up around social time or you'd there'd be golf games you know there'd be stuff that we get to do and given that we're scattered all over the country Queensland New South Wales and Tasmania that's not on the cards for us we haven't actually met you in person at all yet I look forward to it next year has it been a struggle for you not actually getting out and meeting other people not so much I think because life's so busy anyway um I don't and because I'm in such a different stage of my life now because obviously I finished up work, went on maternity leave and then started this new job. And also with COVID and everything, I feel like I'm just quite grateful to have a job um, that is remote, that I can use my skills. Um, so I I personally am not missing the office that much. Um, we like I stay in contact with you on WAS all day. We send voice notes. We send stupid photos and gifts so <laughs> I, I I'm not missing it too much yeah <laughs> please do hear that mm-hmm. maybe that leads to another great opportunity to talk about technology and how it has supported your role but it also helps support work in myself and our clients and how that all works how have you found the transition to the different styles of um, technology that we use had you had experience with them before do you have a favorite do you have one that you absolutely loathe I haven't had much experience with the remote technology because I was previously working in an office. I have a bit of PTSD with uh, Zoom because I (laughs) was on the end of a Zoom call which I was made redundant where we had to have our cameras and our mics turned off. So so that was my... Yeah, that was my last experience with Zoom before I joined the team with you guys. Um, (laughs) 
So that was an interesting experience with technology, but so that was during COVID. Um, but yeah, I hadn't had experience with Foxer before, which is mm. I kind of used voice notes before, but not the walkie talkie style with Foxer, which is um, really helpful. And yeah, just being able to chat with you guys, see you on screen rather than over the phone has been really good. Mm. Yeah, I do. I, I love to hate Zoom. Mm. I sometimes it works and it's perfect and other times it drives me batty because something will go wrong or they'll they'll do an update there were a lot of updates during COVID thanks Hamish and Andy um mm. that changed all of the rules and made it a little bit harder for people like us to play and yet they're the same tools that supported the transition um within I guess most businesses realistically through the whole COVID thing yeah and became second nature now. I mean, it's something that we catch up with socially. We've got a Christmas party next week with all our clients that we're doing over Zoom. I mean, <laughs> it still does my head in that yeah. um, most of our clients, we still haven't met in the flesh. Most of our clients, we haven't, our team, we haven't. We have teams scattered all over the place and we don't get to meet them in the flesh either. So it's, it's really just changed the way that we live um, in so many ways and quite positively because Without some of this support with technology, we couldn't help the people that we help. There's no way we could service yeah. the whole country. Exactly. And also I think it probably suits some people better, you know. Mm. Not everyone's a people person and wants to get out and about, so um, they kind of feel more comfortable in their own space. Yeah, that's a great point. We have a couple of clients that prefer to stay on mute or prefer to stay with their camera off and it just makes them comfortable which means we're removing some of those barriers I guess that traditionally means that they might not have looked for the support that they can get um, yeah, exactly. in one form or another. So Sophie I would really like to talk about what you would like employers to know and you're allowed to dish the dirt I forgive you already see I've said on the podcast <laughs> um, and what you would like employers to know about a having a remote workforce and then b about how you can support them I guess because for many it could be really challenging to understand what they're able to let go how they actually do that from a distance yeah. um, what sort of support you actually needed and continue to need to be able to do your job well that's about 400 questions in one so feel free to just answer one and we'll start there. Um, okay. <laughs> so I think that um, what employees should know when working with someone remote is I think if you set clear guidelines um, at the beginning of when you want them available, um, the hours, whether or not they're contactable outside of those hours um, and just respecting them um, is a really good way to kick it off. Um, and, you know, down the track it might become a bit more flexible as, as people get used to it. Um, I think that it would be really hard to let go of things. I know that sometimes, well, for a lot of our clients, it's they don't, the time that it takes to show someone how to do something, they'd rather just do it themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think everyone can relate to that. Um but the beauty with Zoom and another tool we use, um, which is called Loom, is you can record yourself doing the task, send it on, and then that person can, can give it a go and jump on Zoom if they need help. If you get stuck, you know, there's screen share. So there are those tools that can help um, work through those issues of handing work over. Mm. Um, 
what else? That was two of 400. Um, what others? Tell us about some of the jobs that you do do for us because sometimes I think it comes better. I'm not sure that our clients believe me when I tell them how much responsibility we give you and how much you actually, you're the backbone of the business. Without you, we couldn't do what we're doing. It's the God honest truth. And I don't know that our clients always believe me when I tell them how much I hand over. So I'd love to hear from you what sort of responsibilities you have, what sort of jobs you do for us, um, what you love doing and what you don't like doing. Yeah, sure. Um, so obviously you guys are so busy most of the day on on sessions or on private coaching calls um, that I will, I take over the calendar management. I do a lot of um, member communications, um, touch base and reminders. I do all of the social media posting with um, help from you guys. I... Oh gosh, what don't I do? I think the question. <laughs> You're the absolute backbone of the business. There isn't much that you don't do. It's like it's like we just throw it all at you. You make sense of it and put it all in place, and we run away again. And it's definitely scary in the beginning to start letting go of some of that stuff. But I think it's twofold. It's setting the kind of relationship as an as a team in which you're able to give feedback in a constructive way so that things can be done the way that you need them to be done and you're exceptional at taking that on. Um, but it's also then having that clear communication. I think that too often I get feedback from the, the clients that we work with and we often work with their team if they go away, for example, and quite frequently their team will talk about how um, perhaps some of the communication isn't as clear as it needs to be and that creates then a mistake or it creates a difficulty for the team to be able to do what is required. Um, so just having the clarity, I think, around communication and the structure to support that really makes a big difference in the results that come out at the end of the day. Um, you also take care of everything to do with our clients. Uh, we see our clients for sessions. We see them for coaching sessions. We see them on our coaching calls. We see them when there is an issue, we do reviews, but you set all of that up and then you're able to take the information at that first point of contact and help us figure out, okay, well, what kind of appointment do we need to make with this person? And it just happens seamlessly and turns up in the calendar and we know we need to do it the next day. Um, social media, marketing, all of the client communication. You work hard for the podcast. You do a lot around the podcast and researching guests, etc. Uh, you are working extremely hard at setting up a few very crucial events for us next year. Very exciting ones too. It's very exciting. For any of our tradiepreneurs that are listening. So you really have, you've had to have a very broad set of skills to be able to do what you do. Is there anything that you wish you knew before you took the job on? Ah, good question. Um, I think that you guys prepared me quite well in into what to expect you guys were really upfront and honest during the recruiting process which um definitely helps but also I think I was as well around my expectations and my skill set um so in terms of wishing I knew what I don't think there is anything that I really wish I knew beforehand um it's been really awesome just getting to know the business and the clients and um it's it's i had no um 
no idea about business coaching or business mentoring beforehand. Um, and so it was quite it was quite a surprising industry for me to move into, but it's been an eye-opener and it's it's been really interesting to see how people can change their businesses and their lives by um, doing programs such as this. Still blows my mind, don't you worry? Um, I then you've again you're leading me through this, which is fantastic. Everybody needs a Sophie in their life. The um, recruitment process that we went through, you were extremely transparent about what you required from the role, which is really rare. And I wondered if you had any um, internal battles around actually having that conversation with us and being really clear about what your expectations were. Oh yes. Definitely had. <laughs> um, I'm not the most, you know, confrontational or um, confident in that sense person, um, but I knew that this was my chance to get it right. Mm. And um, if it didn't work out, it wasn't meant to be, or if we couldn't get those um, expectations met and come to an agreement together, then it just wasn't meant to be. So I think my advice is to definitely set um, set yourself up so you know what what is expected of you and what you expect from your employees right from the start, mm. especially being a new mum. You know, your focus changes so much once you become a mum. And you're, for me, I, I am a mum first and I work for you guys second. So mm. it had to work for, for my lifestyle now. Do you think being a mum made that conversation a little bit easier? Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kids give us all sorts of courage. We never knew that we were able to have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. And I then wonder about being a working mum after years and years of doing the corporate thing without children, how are you finding not necessarily the role, but being a working mum and trying to find the balance between being mum and working? Yeah, well, we were talking about this the other day, Nick, when I was um, sad that I'd dropped Lenny at daycare for the first time, that you know, when you're a mum and all you're doing is looking after your baby, you want to be working. And then once you're working, a lot of the time you wish you were looking after your baby. So it's just this constant push-pull. Yeah. Um, but it just it just doesn't last long. Like it's every season just goes so quickly. So, you know, when he was first born, I couldn't imagine going back to work. And now here I am back working. And but like I've said, I've been so lucky in that I've had the family support and um, it's been such a lovely way to ease back into um, working um, with having being a mum. I never understood the whole village concept until actually it's probably honestly only been in the last five years where my own village has grown. I've We've never had much support. Even when my kids were really little, we didn't have family support. They lived too far away. Um, so we relied on you know, family daycare, et cetera, to take care of the children. So we didn't have that support network that we needed. Now, in the last five years, we've built more of our own support network with moving closer to family and um, including some friends that have become our family. So I get it now. I get that whole village thing. And I think once upon a time, and um, when I think back even to my generation, my grandparents had me if mum was at work. Yeah. Until, until we moved a long way away, mum and dad moved from New South Wales to Queensland and then things changed, but they were always involved. And I think because of the way we're such a global society now, we tend to move away from our families and we lose that support. It can be really challenging then to become a, a working parent through that time. 
and yet so many of us need to Mm. Um, because we have aspirations for nice things yeah. and to have yeah. a nice lifestyle, we need to work. So dealing then with that guilt is bloody horrendous. There's no other way to put it. And yeah. it's all consuming at times. It can be really hard. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that you've, again, really nailed that. I feel like um, we should dish some dirt on Warwick. We've been <laughs> far too pleasant and really, really nice. And I just know that all the ladies out there listening that work with us would love to know I don't know, something silly about Warwick. This is my bit of revenge. I hope he never does this back to me on the TIB <laughs> podcast. So what do you reckon? What bit of dirt could we dish on Warwick? I am not getting involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> this is all you, Nicole. All right, I'll keep it myself and I won't be too mean. He tells a terrible dad joke. I'll say that much. Oh, and he waffles, but everyone knows that. <laughs> <laughs> Part of his charm, actually. Waffle. There's a little nugget of gold that comes out of every waffle. Sophie, is there one thing that you would like employers to know from an employee's perspective? I think it's quite hard for employees to understand the juggle of working mums unless they're a working mum themselves. Um, but, you know, we keep the world running. Like, <laughs> we keep the human race alive. Oh, yeah. So if we have to duck out because our child's sick or if we can't stay late for a meeting, you know, you just have to let that stuff slide. I think it's a bloody excellent point. I think we could all be a little bit more generous with our time and our understanding because we don't I'm not leaving work today because my kid's sick and that's what I want to happen I'm doing exactly. it because my kid's sick and I need to take care of my child exactly and it, there's nothing worse than being made to feel like crap because mm. you need to step out and be a parent first yeah yeah excellent point Sophie I think you're bloody brave to turn up here today and talk with me on the podcast thank you so much for joining me Thank you for having me. <laughs> I hope it wasn't too terrifying for you. No, not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, listeners, if you'd like to find out more about Sophie, you need to come find us at Tradies and Business. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. And there is another podcast um, called Tradies and Business. Also, if you'd like to send some feedback for the Ladies in Business podcast, please do so via Instagram or Facebook. Or you can always reach out to the website and we'll find you there, tradiesandbusiness.com.au. Thanks, Sophie. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode of Ladies in Business. Got a guest you'd like us to interview? Maybe you have a story to share or some feedback to give. Find us on socials or drop us a message via the Tradies in Business website. Take care of yourself, ladies.